Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from lead pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. This morning, because of all that we walked through, and I don't know who left the Twix bar here. Um, I, I, there's a Twix bar uh, on up here, and um, so I, I don't know what that was about. Uh, you know, I know about the Kit Kat song, I know about Give Me a Break, but so I, I don't know what the Twix song is. So I'm going to put that over here, okay? Here, Terry, you can have that, brother. Give it to Ben. Um, <laughs> one of the things that became real obvious this week to me was um, something that I needed more of as the week progressed, and it was, I needed, I needed strength. I needed strength to... Um, endure the ever-changing climate. You know, it was just like, man, just changing constantly. And I, I needed strength to do that. I imagine you needed that kind of strength too of, do we do this? Do we do that? What, what do we do? You know, just trying to, trying to make decisions. And then we needed, we needed endurance, strength for endurance, just to endure the length of how long this thing kind of got drug out. I don't know about you, but uh, somewhere along the line, I needed strength not to go somewhere and choke uh, meteorologists. Um, you know, and not really the meteorologists, it's the, the people who are on the front, on the cameras. Um, watch this, before they, don't run the video yet. I want you to notice, as best you can, there's a little bit of wind in the background, but try to notice this guy, what he says. And also, I want you to notice the people strolling in the background. And I want you to notice what they're giving as the actual wind speed in the upper left-hand corner while this guy is telling you how strong the wind is. Okay, so roll that if you would, please. Okay, uh, picking it up here in Wilmington, North Carolina, right at the Intercoastal, and we're in one of these bands. This is about as nasty as it's been. We had some bands like this last night in the eyewall this morning. We were not on TV, it was a dark, this uh, night in the hotel, and this wind gusting again over 60 miles an hour, blowing by uh, pieces of limbs. This is what we're seeing a lot of shingles coming off. You see what happens when you throw it off, it just takes off like a projectile. And unfortunately, a tree has fallen on the home here in Wilmington, killing a mom. Okay, that's all I can stand. Kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. I needed new strength, you know, to just, to just make, it, make it through some of that. You know, he's talking about these 60 mile an hour winds and they're, they're showing you it's 29 miles an hour. You know, I just, somebody needed to let him know they were doing that, you know, but we're, we're having fun with it now. Now, um, as, because of all of this, uh, I just felt compelled by the Lord to, to talk about strength today. To talk about the, the strength of the Lord. Now, when, when the scriptures speak, speak of strength, uh, the strength of God, the power of God, uh, it, it, 
the whole counsel of God kind of gives us two things to think about. And the first one is this. Um, if we want to understand who God is, we, we need to understand as the Bible teaches all throughout the scriptures that God is all powerful. He is a powerful God. The God of the Bible is a powerful God. Uh, theological word is omnipotent. Uh, that, that's that, that word. And what it means is he is all powerful. And what it means is, is that anything in the universe that could be accomplished, God can do. And even if it can't be accomplished in our current universal structure, he can change that. You know, God, God can do it. Another, kind of a second point that's all throughout the whole counsel of God when it comes to the power of God is this is he is also an empowering God. He's an empowering God. In other words, he's powerful, he's strong, but God has chosen to share his power with his people, to give you his strength when it's needed. So our all-powerful God is also an all-empowering father to his children. He, he's strong and he wants to give us his strength. And to, to think about that today, when I think about the strength of the Lord, um, and I think about what we just went through, Psalm 29 is just a favorite of mine that Terry read earlier. And so I, wanna, I want us to kind of walk through Psalm 29 for, for a few moments this morning. It starts out, well, I'm going to start in verse 3, and uh, I'm going to be using the New Living Translation here. It starts out this way, it says, The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. God's voice is louder than the raging sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you some commentators that I read on this um, believe that the scene, the setting of this was King David probably watching a storm off the Mediterranean Sea. Watching a storm form and roll. Have you ever been out at the ocean and watch a storm start coming in? You know, maybe you, you, you had a beach house or something and you just sat on the porch. I love doing that. Just watching a storm roll in. It can be an awe-inspiring, unbelievable ki kind of thing. And uh, commentators said that they believed that David was seeing this, this storm beginning to develop on the horizon. And it's going to move on shore and then it, it would rumble through kind of the desert wilderness that's described uh, about Israel. And da David, having been a shepherd before he was the king, he would have experienced that. He would have known what that was like. He probably would have been out in solitude, except for the sheep he was with, experiencing one of those storms rolling in off the Mediterranean and then just coming into the desert wilderness when he's at, you know, where, where he would be. And those things can be, you know, breathtaking and awe-inspiring. And, and David's using this word picture, I think, of this storm to describe the power, the awesome power of God. He goes on in verse 4 to say, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. Now, just so you have some idea of how big those trees can, can be, they can get 30 foot wide, um, and they can be like 12 stories tall. These are, these, are, these are like, you know, our sequoias or something like that. These, these are huge. And what David is saying is God can just whisper. He could just whisper, and it's powerful enough to split them and crack them. How many of you were here when Hugo came through? How many of you remember twisted, shattered, bark-stripped trees? You know, just, just that kind of... David's saying that's what God's power is like. 
It's just like this. He goes on to say that he makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Terry Red Sirion, but it's actually Mount Hermon, leap like a young wild ox. Sirion is another name that's used by the Sidonians, in fact. But this mountain is a 9,000 foot tall mountain. Huge, huge mountain. And what David is saying here is the voice of God is so powerful, it, it can make that thing shake and jump. It can, it can shake a mountain. Then he says in verse 7, the voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. And I mean, we, we know scientifically about uh, a bolt of lightning. You know, it's like 13 million uh, degrees and it, it's hotter than the surface of the sun multiple times over. And, and David is saying just, just a word from God. That kind of power gets released. You know, scientists tell us that there are at any given time about 1,800 lightning storms going off all over our planet. And David's saying, put all of them together. All of that together and you still have not touched the power of God. He goes on in verse 8 and says, The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Now here's again the image that you need to see. Kadesh is in the south. Mount Hermon is in the north. And so he's, he's basically saying it shakes the whole land. The power of God being released can, can shake everything across an entire, an entire nation. And then he says in verse 9, the voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest. And again, that imagery. Um, years ago, it was, I think it was back in 1992. Where's Kathy? Was it in 92 that we went and visited the huddles um, that you're seated next to? Um, in 1992, we went out to uh, visit Kathy's sister and their family that were living out in Seattle. Um, and while we were out there, they took us to see Mount St. Helens. And so we hiked out there to see Mount, Mount St. Helens. Now this was, uh, Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, so this was like 12 years later. And you could still see the devastation. Now things had started coming back. It was pretty incredible. But those who kind of, you know, you remember that, it, it really wiped out about 230 square miles of trees. Just wiped them out, you know, tore, tore that forest completely up. And what David is saying is, compared to... To God's power, Mount St. Helens is child's play. It's just, it's, it's not, not that big a deal. That's just how powerful God is. So how do we, how do we respond when we are confronted with this unbelievable, awesome power of God? Well, well David didn't leave us to figure it out on our own. David tells us what, what it's like when, when, when we really truly come to grips with how powerful God is. David says this, in his temple, in, in, in the very presence of God, the only thing to do is shout glory. When's the last time you shouted glory? Let's try it. Just for kicks and giggles. Let's try it. You ready? On three. One, two, three. Glory! If you were ever to come into the very presence of God and recognize his power, God's word says that's, it's like that's the only thing that's going to escape. It, all glory belongs to you, Father. All glory. It's just, you're, you're overwhelmed. But then David says something that is unbelievably amazing to me. Just grips my heart. It, 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 he, he's got this kind of poem going on. He's talking about the power of God. He talks about the human response 
to the power of God. And then in verse 11, he closes by saying these words. The Lord gives his people strength. That might, that power, God says, it's available to you. It's, it's, it's for you. I want to share my strength with you. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. You know, not only is it saying that he is an almighty, powerful God, he's omnipotent, but the result of that is he wants to empower. He's personal. He's intimate. He wants to empower his people so that, you know, when we find ourselves panicked, he, it leads to peace. When, when, we, when, we, when we go to God for the strength that we need in a panic, there, there is peace. When we feel like we need this endurance, you know, um, we're running on empty. He, he gives us endurance. You know, when we want to cower from the fear of whatever we're facing, he, he gives us courage. Some of you will recall 2 Timothy 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind, or some translations say self-discipline. And the truth is, we all need God's strength. We, we all come to moments in our lives when we need God's power released. And he's saying he's the all-powerful one who wants to give his power. So I want to think for just a couple of minutes, where, where do we most need God's power to show up? When? In, in, in life's journey. When, when do we need to see that? When do we get so desperate? Well, there's three, there's probably more, but there are three that just kind of rise to the surface to me. First of all, we know we desperately need God's strength to get us through what we can't get through on our own. To get us through parts of life that we can't get through on our own. A little over a year and a half ago, I don't remember who, who, who passed it on. One, one of our office staff passed it on and said, um, Joe, something's happened. Uh, Debbie Glover would like for you to call her. Here's her number. And so I, I call the number and I, I say, the voice answers and I say, hey, Debbie, this is Joe Still uh, from the church. And I, I, it still kind of gives me shivers when I think about it. A sound came out of her that had I heard it elsewhere, um, I would have thought it was an animal. It, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't a shout. It, wasn't, it was like a whale. And she just started sobbing. And you know, I'm trying to encourage her to, you know, calm down a little bit and tell me what's going on. And she finally gets the words out, Paul George has been shot. And they don't think he's going to make it. Could you come to the hospital? So I, I, I go to the hospital. And uh, I walk in, and she's there, and her husband, Paul Sr., is there, and um, their daughters are there. Uh, th this, this was their only son. And he's been shot in a senseless drive-by shooting, um, and they're just kind of falling apart. And, uh, and I reach over, and I take Paul George's hand, and it's, it's cold because they've chilled his body some, and... Um, you know, and so I don't, I just start praying. 
I grab Debbie's hand and they all kind of form a circle and, and, and we just start praying. And we start asking God for strength and I, you know, there, this is one of those prayers where there's a long pause, often. Um, and during one of those long pauses, I just, I imagine what it would be like to be holding my son's hand like that. This, that just kind of flashed in. Um, and it, it's, it's overwhelming, you know. The truth is, we both had one son. We had daughters as well, but we, we had one son. And I just imagined for just a second what it was like. Now, here's the truth. If you haven't encountered this yet in your life, a, a day is coming for all of us when we will face tragedy. We will face horrible, terrible tragedy. So much so that the sound that comes out of our mouths may be nothing but a wail. We may not be able to find the kind of words we would like to communicate our pain and our hurt. And that's just the truth if you, if you live in this world. Now, it may not be a child that gets shot, gunned down senselessly. It may, be, it may be some other kind of tragedy with a son or daughter. It may be, you know, a, a mom or dad that you thought had many more years and, you know, they were just taken because of a stroke or heart attack or, or maybe it's, maybe it's going to be drawn out from Alzheimer's and they don't die physically but emotionally and mentally they're not, not present with you any longer and it, you just all of us are going to face that kind of pain and I I don't know who it's going to be for you. Je Jesus said this in, in John 16 he says here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows it's, it's going to come because we live in this world that is broken still. It's not completely redeemed by God. There's corruption and sin. But in that verse, Jesus tells us, take heart because I've overcome the world. And Jesus, I think, is right there saying two things that in the midst of your pain, you're going to need. You're going to need peace and you're going to need courage. And so you need to know, I give you peace and I've overcome the world so you can have confidence to have courage. I will give you my strength. I will give you peace and I will give you the strength of courage. If you were to go talk to the Glovers today, they would tell you that the only thing that got them through that season, through that horrible, wretched season, was the strength of God. The strength of God. Knowing that their son was spending eternity with his heavenly father. But then the strength that they needed to get through the other side without falling completely apart. And we're all going to be touched by real tragedy. And so the real question is, is when it comes, not if, but when it comes, how do I access the strength of God? How do, we, how do I connect with the strength of God? And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I want to give you two more ways, areas of our lives that I see we need God's strength. And the second one is this. We desperately need God's strength to avoid doing what we know we shouldn't do. We, we desperately need God to give us the strength that we need to, to keep from doing the things we, we know we shouldn't do. There's temptation in our lives every single day. 
How many of you have ever seen the bumper sticker that says, lead me not into temptation because I'm perfectly capable of finding it myself? Anybody seen that? You know? Anybody feel like you need that on your bumper sticker? Yeah. You know, on your car? See, temptation, those those kind of shortcomings in us that our hearts are drawn to, maybe moral or ethical, you know, things like, I'll just fudge a little bit on my resume because, you know, nobody ever checks those things. Or, you know, maybe I'll, I'll take credit for that co-worker's uh, idea. You know, I'll get all the accolades. Nobody will really ever know. You know, I could, I could rent this X-rated movie and hide it. You know, that, there are all kinds of ethical and moral dilemmas that we are tempted with. You know, should, should we, you know, report all of our income to the IRS? We've got this side job. Should I, re, I report that? Should, you know, should I, should I go spend money that I don't already have because I think I deserve that new car? You know, we're, we're tempted. And a lot of times we go into that temptation knowing we shouldn't. Just knowing, I shouldn't take this next step. And the problem is we lack the power. We lack the strength on our own to endure those temptations. And that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 that God, our God, our, our powerful, empowering God, he's faithful. And he will not allow temptation to be more than you can stand. But when that temptation comes, he will show you a way out so you can endure. God will give you the strength to get through that. He will give you a pathway to do that, a, a way to avoid it. But the question is, how does he do it? How do, how, do, how do we access that? And again, we'll talk about that in just a minute. I want to give you one last area where I believe we all need strength. We need the strength of God. Not only do we need it to help us, you know, keep from doing what we know we shouldn't do, but we also need the strength of God to help us do what we know we should do. Not just keep us from things we shouldn't, but also doing the things we know to do. Most of us, you know, come to church with some regularity. We, we hear teaching about you know, living the, the Christian life and wanting to be, you know, men of virtue, women of character. And we hear about God's plan for, for our lives, God's purpose for our lives, and we think it makes perfect sense. You know, it, 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 it would really bless me. My life would be changed if I would live that way. Yes, that's the best way to live. But if you're like me some days, you hear that, you know that, but you drift. You know, you drift away from what you know because of those natural inclinations. You know, we, we hear a teaching that, that tells us that, you know, we need to be generous to those around us. We need, need to be devoted financially to the work of the Lord, but our nat- natural inclination is to, to hold it, to keep it close to the chest. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to be patient. But I'm going down Dorchester Road. And the person in front of me is texting while driving. And they're doing it 15 to 20 miles under the posted speed limit. It's hard for me to be patient. But I need that. And I need power from God, strength from God, not to run into the back. No. 
Maybe I do. You know, I need, I need strength. And that's what I want us to spend the rest of our time thinking about today is how do we access the strength that the God of all creation, the, the one who spoke in power and everything came into being. How do we, when, we're, when tragedy strikes or when we're lured into temptation or when we want to grow but seem stalled, how do, we, how do we access the strength of God? And there are five habits that I want to encourage you to begin practicing. And eventually if you practice them, they, they will become kind of filters, kind of a, a grid of helping you make decisions. So just kind of five habits that, uh, that I, I've adopted into my life. And I hope you will yours. The first one is this. You need to regularly affirm God's power and his presence in your life. You need to regularly do that. Um, last Monday, I met at Oak Brook Elementary School with a group of teachers um, at 6.30. And we pray together in Oak Brook Elementary School. So for those of you that have been really uptight that prayer's not in school, it is. It is, okay? And we had a great time together. And one of the things that I, I started by giving them the affirmations of who we are in Christ. Because I figured if anybody needs to know who they are in Christ, teachers do. You know, they need to experience that before they go into their own battlefield that day. And we had a great time thinking about the strength and power that God wants to give us through who, who he says we are. In our identity and, and realize that he's present with us. The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles this. It says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence. How often? You know, once a month. You know, weekly is good. Just show up on Sunday. What does he say? Continually. Do, do this over and over. Remember the wondrous works that he's done. His miracles and the judgment he's uttered. In other words, you and I need to go back and forth continually, regularly through the stories of the big story. We need to go back through the stories of how God empowered Moses. Of how God strengthened David. How he undergirded Daniel. How he emboldened Peter. How, how, how he supported Paul. We, we need to go back and look at God's track record regularly. You and I need to do that. Now, one of the beautiful parts of getting to do what I get to do, and um, ministerial staff members will tell you this, is we get to talk with people about their faith journey, their, their life stories. And sometimes when we're having a conversation that's really open and vulnerable, somebody will, will talk about that their faith seems to be faltering, and they, they feel a little feeble in their faith, a little weak, and they'll, they'll say, like, I don't understand why. And so I'll, I'll start asking questions, you know, about how often are they, you know, together with God's people, either, you know, corporately in, in large group worship or in, in a small group. We'll talk some, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, do, do you ever let your mind get filled with, like, worship songs? Do you, what do you listen to on the radio? That kind of stuff. And uh, inevitably, we finally get around to, and a lot of times they're acknowledging those things, uh, we get around to how much time do you personally spend in God's Word? You reading this. How much time do you, you spend in it? And, you know, inevitably they'll talk about, well, I listen to so-and-so and, you know, I, I, I'm in church and that kind of... No, I say, no. How, how often do you read this? 
yourself. Read the, read the, the stories of God. Uh, last night, we were watching a Seinfeld rerun. And it was the one that Bette Midler was in. She was playing softball and, you know, Costanza knocks her over and puts her out of her, you know, play that she was going to be doing. And, um, and I've, never, uh, I've never appreciated Bette ever since she sang that one song from a distance. I've always kind of had a, you know, a, 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 a tense relationship with Bette ever since that song came out, you know. And uh, some of you will remember the song from a distance. And it's the song that basically says that there is a God, but he's kind of untouchable. He operates far, far away. And I remember when I would hear that song play on the radio, I would, I would want to drive to the radio station, grab the microphone and say, liar! Truth ain't in you! You know? Because that's how it, it struck me. Because it, there, there's nothing true about that. Because our God says he's accessible. He's personable. He, he is in proximity to his people. He's as close as the air we breathe. But we've got to inhale. I know they tell you not to inhale, but I'm telling you. On this one, you need to inhale. You need to breathe in God. There was a day when God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, haven't I commanded you to be strong? Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't, don't be discouraged. And if anybody had a, a reason to be discouraged in that moment, it was Joshua. You know, he was about to be passed on the leadership baton of some of the most rebellious people that ever walked the face of the earth. The nation of Israel. And God said, don't. Don't be afraid. Don't get discouraged. And you can see Joshua saying, I think I ought to be able to. And the question is why? why? Why shouldn't he? And God answered that question. Because the Lord, your God, is with you. Wherever you go. God says, I'm with you. I don't care what you're in, what you're facing, where it's at. I will be there. That's the important thing to understand when you read the stories in God's word and you see him showing up for those that we think of as the heroes of the Bible. They're just regular people. People like you and me. God gave them boldness. You know, he was with them. And he can embolden and strengthen you when you need it. You know, he, he did that with Moses. He did that with Joseph. He, he took Gideon, you know, unbelievably frightened guy, strengthened him. He strengthened Peter, Paul, and Mary, and you'll think about that one at lunch. But he did. He gave strength, you know. And see, the first step to accessing the strength, the power of God being released in your life is you need to regularly, personally affirm his, his power and his presence near you. Second thing you need to do is you need to be regularly admitting to yourself, to others around you, and to God that you are weak. You got to admit your own weakness. You know, so often when crisis comes and we're in the middle of this temptation, our, our immediate reaction is to try to get through it on our own. You know, we don't want to burden somebody else or maybe we think it's not 
you know, worth God's time or something. We just try to get through it on our own. But the reality is this. We, we can't be filled with the power of God until we push through the pretense that you can handle it. You're not going to access the power until the pretense with that is gone. And God can step into that, that empty space now and fill it with his power. We've got to admit, I can't get through this tragedy. I can't, I can't push through this temptation. I can't do the things that I know I should be doing without the strength of God. You know, so we see this from... From Gideon to the Apostle Paul, this, this pattern of those who God used, they would first humble themselves. That was just kind of their, their starting point. They would, they would humble themselves so that the power of God could be released. Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, you know, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul's response to that is, guess what? I'm going to boast about being weak. That's my response to that when, when, I, when I realize that God's power is available to me. I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and boast about my weakness because it's the truth. You know, we need to, to get past our self-reliant, self-dependent hearts in order to be open to God. So that those hearts will be open to God. You know, instead of having a mindset that says, I think I can figure this out. I got this. It's a heart that says, I can't. And we admit our helplessness without the power of God. Third habit that we need to engage so it can kind of be a filter that we walk through to get God's strength in our lives. We need to align ourselves with God's will. We need to align, we need to take our, this one life that God has given me and I need to align it with the clear teachings found in this book. In the word of God. I, I need to align myself. I'm hearing sound coming out of here somewhere. I don't know what that is, but are y'all hearing it? Okay, I, just, I was just checking. You know, I'm hearing voices up here. I just wanted to make sure. It, you were too. Uh, you know, there was an old country western song that said, looking for love in all the wrong places. Anybody remember? Anybody will admit you remember that? Um, see, oftentimes that's what happens with us in God's power. We're looking for it in all the wrong places. Somehow we get it in our heads that, that God's, God's power is like, you know, an outlet that's always available to me. And I can just go plug in to get power to do whatever, whatever I want to. You know, it'll, 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 just as, you know, my, my, the electricity on my kitchen counter will run all kinds of different appliances that have kind of different purposes. I, sometimes it's easy to start thinking that, you know, God's power, I could use it to accomplish my purposes. To, 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 to carry out my agenda. Jesus taught his disciples about that in John 15. He, he said this, I'm the vine and you are branches. In other words, what he's saying is, in order for you to access the power of God, you've got to be as intimately connected to me as a vine is to a branch. You've got to, there's got to be that connection. And then he says, whoever abides in me or remains in me or stays connected like that, that person will bear much fruit. 
And what that means is, is when we're working in concert with God's agenda, when we've aligned our lives with his plans and, and purposes, he will give us the power, the strength, the ability to do great things. But that verse also ends this way. Apart from me, you don't get to do anything. Not, not, you're really never going to do anything of eternal significance. Bless you. you. You'll never do it. Without the power of God released in you. See, independently pursuing your own agendas will not align our lives with accessing the power of God. It wouldn't even make sense for God to do that. None of us would empower, if we had the ability to empower somebody who's going to live destructive, we wouldn't empower that. It wouldn't make sense. But when we walk down that pathway that God has appointed for us, God's power is available to us when we align ourselves. And, and so what that means is this. It, it starts... We align ourselves, the beginning point of aligning ourselves with God is coming to the place where we realize, I need him. That there is a God, I'm not him, and I need him in my life. But there's this thing called sin that's keeping me from accessing a personal relationship with God. And until something's done about that, I'll always be separated from him. And then coming to know personally and intimately that God has taken care of that through his son Jesus. And believing that what Jesus did on the cross can pay the penalty for my sin. It can, it can pay that penalty that separated me from God. And I align my life with, with Jesus that way. And I open my, my, my whole life, my heart, my mind to him. And I say, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. And I am in need of your grace and your forgiveness. And the Bible says he gives it freely. He gives eternal kind of life beginning now. And we say to him, I want you to lead my life. You can't, th those aren't separate issues. I want you to lead my life. Take, take my life. I want to follow you. And that's what, that's what it, the beginning of aligning with God looks like. And, and that alignment is never done. I can't then start living independent of God and expect to have access to that power. I have to every day get up and, and realign myself with God. And you'll find that once you do that, you'll grow. Your, your capacity to follow and align goes up the more often that you do that. You'll find yourself being more familiar with his voice. There'll be a prompting deep in your, in your soul and you'll suddenly realize that's God. And then you'll carry that out. And it gets easier to recognize that voice, you know, when you do that. Now, when you're a new Christian, there'll be, there'll be different voices that get loud in your ears. And, and you'll struggle trying to understand, is that my flesh? Is that voices of the world? Is it the voice of Satan or is it God? And the more you push in, the more that you grow in the knowledge of God through his word, the more you'll recognize that voice and the more you'll be able to respond to it. And what will happen is those other voices will quiet down. They won't go away completely, but you won't hear them like you used to. And you'll receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. And you'll find yourself seeking wise counsel from other Christians. And those things will develop a confidence that you are heading in the right directions. And in those moments, we can find the power of God being released in our life. 
A fourth thing that I have found as a habit that I need to engage in practice so that it becomes kind of a comfortable movement is this. I need to ask God for strength. I need to ask him for the specific kind of strength I need. Jesus' half-brother, James, wrote these words. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. And you do not ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. You know, we don't have the power that we often need to get through something because, because we just have not asked God. So I, I have to affirm God's power and presence in my life. I have to admit my inability. I have to align myself. But then it comes right down to being specific in what I need to get through. Now, I will, I will tell you this. There have been moments in time when I have done that, specifically asked God for help, and I have literally felt a shift. I have felt something change sometimes in me and, and sometimes around me. You know? Um, sometimes it, it just, it, it moves that way. And I don't know about you, but there have been times I've been in settings where somebody has asked me a question about my faith that I wanted to hyperventilate. You know, I, did, I didn't think I had the answer. And I prayed one of those little panic prayers. Dear God, help me. You know, spirit speak. And an hour later, I walk out of there thing, thinking, I have, I have, I have experienced the power of God flow through me. Now, my first thought usually is, man, I'm good. No. The, uh, there's this moment in time where I realize that God gave me words that my pea brain did not have to touch a deep place in the heart of somebody else who was seeking him. You ever felt that? I mean, you just walked out saying, I, I, that was not in me. But it came out of me. Well, when that happens, give God glory. Give, give, give him glory. Because that, that's the work of God empowering you. you. You'll see his power that way. You know, there have been times I've sat over there. And though I had notes and I felt prepared, there have been moments when I felt scared to death to walk up. Afraid that I had nothing to say. And just pray that prayer. You know, I walk through. I've got to affirm who you are. I know who you are, Father. God, I'll tell you right now again, I'm weak. If it's left to me, these people should have gone somewhere else today. God, I've, I best I can, I know I've tried to align my life with you. Dear God, help. And God does stuff that I can't explain. And he does it differently in different people with the same message. It freaks me out. You know, it just blows me away that God, he, he empowers at times like that. But then I, I, I got to be completely honest with you here, kind of vulnerable. There are times when I do those first four. I've affirmed regularly that day and the week before. I've admitted my weakness. You know, I've tried to align my life as best I know how. I've even done some pretty significant asking. And all I get is crickets. Just crickets. Those aren't the voices I wanted to hear. You ever get crickets? It's those spiritual crickets? 
That leads to the fifth step. This one's tough. And it's this. In those moments, what you need to do is act. You need to act out of obedience to God. You just need to go ahead and do what you know you need to do. And somewhere along the way, God's power gets released. Sometimes this is an after-the-fact power that gets released, you know. You just go ahead and you take action. You know who's the perfect model for that? Our Lord and Savior Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was overwhelmed by emotions. He's feeling weak, personally vulnerable. I mean, so overwrought emotionally, so stressed out to the max that there becomes this chemical breakdown in his his bloodstream and so much so that the, the blood begins to interact with the pores so that when he sweats, the sweat glands, he, he sweats blood. That, that is intense emotional struggle, folks. That's, that's, that's what Jesus... And you may remember that prayer. It's recorded in Luke, 12, uh, Luke 22. Jesus said, Father, if you're willing, remove this from me. What I'm about to face, God, if you're willing, take this from me. But nevertheless... Sometimes you got to say that nevertheless, folks. You're not going to want to say nevertheless. But sometimes to see the power of God released in your life, you've got to say nevertheless, not me, not I, not mine, but yours. And then you just intentionally walk into it. You, you intentionally do what Jesus did. He intentionally got up and he walked into the arms of those guards who would beat him. He got up and he walked into this place of mocking and betrayal, of humiliation, of torture and death. But God gave him the strength he needed to endure that. The mockings, the beatings, the cross, the nails, crown of thorns. God gave him the strength after he got up and started walking. We don't see that he got the strength in the garden. It just said he got up. And, and he started, started walking. God gave him the strength to bear the weight of your sin and mine on his shoulders. God gave him the strength to get all the way through it so that as John records in John 19, until he was able to say, it's finished. I have accomplished everything my father gave me to do. It is done. And God had to give him the strength to even say that. And, and Jesus did it to fulfill the mission. And sometimes the only way, the power, the strength that you need to get through something is on that pathway where that narrow gate is, not the wide road, the narrow path. It's, it, that's, that's where we begin to find the power that we've been seeking is once we start acting obediently. It's kind of like this. You know, when Walmart reopens, most of us will approach those doors in faith that when we hit a certain place, a sensor is going to go off and we will have access automatically. We're not going to have to push the door. We're not going to run into the door. 
But there's going to be a power that gets released while I'm on my way. Now, if you could stand there all day and just think, I want that door to open. When that door opens, I will go in and I will get me my bananas. The strength you need to get to those bananas is not going to come. The access that you want to get to your bananas, it's not coming until you walk. Until you, by faith, begin moving. I don't remember much about the two years of Greek I had in, at, out at what is now CSU. Dr. S. M. Mayo was my Greek professor. And we spent a lot of time translating the Gospel of John. And one of the things Dr. Mayo said to us about, about John, where the word faith is used, is John never translates faith as a noun. He always uses it as a verb. Because for John, it always equaled action. There's always some kind of movement. I, I heard somebody say one time that if you could take a picture of faith, it would be blurry. Because it's always on the move. It's always, it's always moving. That's the kind of faith that the writer of Hebrews writes about in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that says, without this kind of faith, this kind of moving action faith, it's impossible to please God. You won't get connected to the power of God. But the flip side of that is true. When, when you demonstrate faith, when you start walking before you have that feeling, before the, the power comes, when you start walking, doors begin to open then. Access to the life you've always dreamed to have, that's when it begins to come, when those things start opening. And right now, for some of you, God is, God is waiting on you to walk. He is waiting on you to walk by faith. You may have done the first four. You know, you've affirmed. You've admitted. You know, you've aligned. You've asked. But you don't want to act. You don't don't want to do that. Not long ago, I had a relational kind of struggle with someone. And I did not want to deal with it. I didn't. And I prayed. I went through, you know, kind of that, that movement. And I, I, what I said to God when I got to the asking part, I said, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and wait on you. And he moved. About two days later, I encountered Romans chapter 12, verse 13 in my reading. If possible... So far as it depends on you, Joe, live at peace with all people. That was not the power that I wanted released at that moment. I wanted a different kind of power. I wanted the other person to call me and just grovel. You know, that's what I want a spirit to do. That's what I, I wanted to see that kind of movement. Just be honest. But I went in obedience. And I think God showed up. And he did a good thing. And relationship, you know, has found good traction. But it, it was not because God answered my first prayer. That, that's just, that's not what happened. Friends, here, here's the big idea I want you to walk away with today is this. 
God our Father will do this. He will give you strength as strength is needed. He, he will do that in, in whatever area of your life you need it. Whether, whether it's, you know, you just, you, you feel afraid and timid. You know, whether, whether it's, you know, you need to take action relationally. Whether, whether it's something, a temptation that just has its claws sunk into you right now. God will give you strength as, as it is needed. If you need character strengthen, you know, to become the man or woman that you, you have sensed God calling you to become. You know, call, call a brother, take some action. Call somebody and say, I am struggling with this. I'm struggling with this temptation. I struggle with the truth. I struggle with pornography. I struggle. You just, I struggle with this. Hold me accountable. Help me. Be vulnerable. Admit your weakness. Let somebody in. God will honor that kind of step of faithful obedience like nothing you've ever seen before. But you've got to, you've got to act. The psalmist writes this in Psalm 37. He says, commit everything you do to the Lord. And then do this. Trust him. Trust him, trust him to help you. Because he will. I love the way that passage. He will. He will. God, God will do that. Now, I don't, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you need strength in. I, I don't I, I don't I don't know where you're at but I do know this that, that God will give you strength if you'll regularly just develop a life habit of affirming his power and his presence admit that you need it just to go ahead and say it out loud I, I need it take time to be a regularly trying to align your life ask God but then don't wait act just just move forward and that strength that that Terry read to us about from Psalm 29 that strength that moves mountains and shatters forests and has the ability to even calm storms can be released in your life he will, and not only will he, the Bible says he wants to. Let's pray. Father, we, we come right now in this moment. We come thanking you, God, that your voice, as your word tells us, is louder than any hurricane that this earth has ever encountered. Your voice is over the wind. So we can hear you. No matter what is howling in our lives. No matter the pain, whether it's relational. Whether it's inflicted by somebody else or self-inflicted. Whether it's temptation that we have yielded to. God, your voice, your strength is available. Maybe you're here today and for the very first time you've realized that you never aligned your life 
to have access to the power of God through his son Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today, his word says there is no other way to be made right with God except through his son. And you have to believe that what he's done is true. And you have to receive, accept him as your leader. Turn from your old ways, your way of doing things. Turn from that life and receive the grace of God. And then you will begin to see the power of God being released in your life. Many of us have done that. And maybe today what you need to begin doing regularly is just affirming the power and presence of God. Just preaching the gospel to yourself every day of who you are in Christ and who God is. Maybe you just begin to need to admit your weakness instead of trying to have this facade up that you got it, you got it going on. Maybe you need to invite some people into your brokenness. You can do that right now too. Maybe it's an alignment issue and you keep drifting off the path because you, your life's not aligned with God and it, it feels like your life is just constantly being pulled and you just need to align your life with the clear teachings of Jesus. Maybe you need to engage prayerfully asking God for what you don't have and the power that you need. And then many of us we're standing there waiting on the door to open and God is saying walk you take the next three steps and I'll make a way in that wilderness so start walking today Father we come now to worship the God who is all powerful but our Father who wants to empower us as his children we come to worship you now to thank you to give back to you your tithes our offerings we come now, Father, to worship you with our hearts. We come seeking alignment. We come with our requests. We come to you, O oh God. Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at our 9 o'clock or 11.30 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit riverbluff.org. Now go change the world.